Kia ora, Karen. This is quite a story. And first of all, congratulations because it's got a happy ending. It has got a happy ending. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start at the beginning. Harakeke is our native flax. And how long have you been a weaver? Um, so I've been a weaver for over 20 years now. And um, and I always also teach for Te Wānanga Wāotearoa as um, a tutor, as a kayako in Palmerston also. Teaching, um, weaving, and looking after the harakeke and it just takes over your life, really. Does so, it? Um, something that I'm very passionate about. So what do you make with it? Um, so anything from um, little four-corner baskets called kono through to kiti, through to kākahu, through to cloaks, so... You can really, it's really a versatile plant and um, obviously was once used for necessity, for clothing, you know, our tūpuna and also for everyday usage. Um, but nowadays, more of an art form. Um, so, yeah, very versatile plant, can be used for many, many things. We see it, well, we don't, do we see it everywhere? It must have a habitat, does it? What does it like conditions-wise to grow? So it likes a damp, like wet feet. So it's planted a lot around the wetlands. Um, also, as, um, it also acts as a cleanser for the waterways as well. So a lot of people are planting around our polluted, I must say, waterways um, to help cleanse um, the wye and the water within. So it's planted everywhere, actually. Um, it's it, all along the transmission gully, all along the highways, Um it's planted everywhere in abundance, really. Right, so the story goes that local weavers, they initially noticed how badly the Kapiti District Council contractors were cutting back the harakeke. Yes, so down in um, Pākokariki at, at the edge of Queen Elizabeth Park, um, just along the Ara um, Te Whareroa, um, I think it's called, um, they noticed what a lot of the public were, were complaining about how the harakeke was looking, um, how it looked like it was being hacked at, and um, a few of the locals decided to do a little bit of a haka, and it grasped the attention of the K- of KCDC, Kapiti oh. Coast District Council. KCDC. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. And that's how it started. So, so ex- explain to me and, and to those who are listening who may not know, to Māori, the different parts of the harakiki represent the whānau, the family? Absolutely. So um, a puharakiki, which is one plant, um, is referred to as a puharakiki, but a paharakiki is a collective, you know, like a group of plants. So a single puharakiki is, re- is referred to as a thano because of the way it grows. And so they grow in a formation of fans. And the, um, the rito, which is the baby, the pepe in the middle, and the two afirito, the two leaves, at the beginning of the, at the middle of the fan, and um, then the grandparents at either side as it as it grows, you know. So it, it does represent a family. So better off to be planted together. They like to be planted together as to as standing alone. Um, and uh, it's our job to actually nurture it, um, like a whānau, and to and to make people aware of what a tonga that that it is and how to look after it really. And does that, uh, how it grows and that representation, uh, does that affect how you prune it? Yes, it does. Yes, absolutely. So you always leave the rito and the aferito, which are the three middle um, leaves in the middle of the fan, and you cut outside of those three. 
And that, um, and on a certain angle, and it's cut away, and the, the bottom of the plant is left clear, so that it, you know it prevents um, the plant from rotting, and it encourages new growth. Um, it, I just think the more it's pruned, and the more it's pruned or, or harvested properly, uh, the more benefit we all get from it. So there's a real art to it and a knowledge behind uh, doing that. And what the, the contractors, I, I guess they would just slash and burn and chopping it and think, oh, I've done the job and that's good. It's not going to poke anyone in the eye. Well, it does poke them in the eye when they do, don't harvest it correctly. Ah. And, and, and actually, Karen, the, the contractors that we met with um, last week, it's the first time that we have had cooperation um, from Capita Coast District Council and also um, Janice Hill, who employs the contractors that actually look after our paths and walkways, and Andy, I think, is her boss, and Andy McKay. They were really passionate about learning how to harvest the harakiki correctly, and the contract workers that came down on site last week were absolutely wonderful. Um, they put in a really good morning's work, and we were able to clear probably eight um, puharakiki along the walkway, and they all learnt something, and they're all quite passionate about looking after the harakiki and, and harvesting correctly. And we had the um, the bosses were there as well, so they were getting their hands dirty as well. So um, it was really exciting to have the cooperation of everyone. Yeah, I and, bet. And people on the ground, you know, the grassroots, people that are doing the work, and you know, do, do do you, Brenda? Is there a karakia, um a prayer recited before you harvest it? Or yes, absolutely. You always offer up a karakia before you start um, harvesting, and um, predominantly in Maori we say a karakia for harvesting. But you know, it's always it's usually about the intent. So I mean, just because you don't speak video should not stop you from actually offering a karakia before you harvest from the plant because it's your intent that's important. You know. Tell us about the the harvesting process. So I'm I'm say I'm looking at a one that's overgrown and it's got a lot of brown leaves around the bottom and it's big and woolly and wild. Where would I start? <laughs> so you really start from the outside and work in towards the middle of the the centre of the of the harakiki. And so it, the the harakiki grows in individual fans. So each fan will have, like I said previously, a rito, a baby, and an upi rito. So the three main leaves in the middle of the fan. And you'd cut all the leaves outside of those on both sides, maintaining the balance of each fan. And you work um, from the outside into the middle of the plant. And clear away all the dead, take away all the dead matter, and um, clearing away all the roots as well um, to make sure there's airflow. Yes. The- is there a time of the year that you should do that, or, or when the when the weather is a particular way? Uh, in a in a perfect world, um, most of the harvesting is done throughout the summer summer months. Um, you don't harvest it when it's raining, um, when it's very windy or snowing, obviously, or bad weather. Or you don't and you don't because that affects the um, the leaves and how they are to work with, and they can be quite brittle if you're harvesting in, in windy conditions like we're having at the moment. Um, also, when you're transplanting or propagating or splitting the fans for regrowth, because they do get quite chunky, and um, so you can, to propagate, you can split the individual fans and replant them. So the best time to be doing that is really in the winter months. Um, oh, so can you? Can... You, can, you can just put the, the actual 
frond. Well, the, the actual fan, uh, the fan, yeah, the actual fan, which is a group of leaves. Yes, you can actually, as long as there's a bit of root attached to it when you're separating the plant. Yes, and you can replant those. Quite hardy plants, you know. You don't have to be kind of like, um, you know, um, gentle because they're quite a vigorous kind of plant and they're quite hardy. You know, they grow in a lot, a lot of good, you know, any conditions really. Um, but better, like I say, around the waterways and and when their feet are wet. And Brenda, do you think the council will keep it up? It would be great. It would be really great, like we were discussing with KCDC. We hope this is not going to be like a one-off and then they forget about it, you know. Like, um, we hope it's ongoing. So that as they recruit new people or new contractors, that they can be given an induction of a sort um, on how to look after the harakiki and our other native trees as well, actually. But... um, with, with, with us, our passion is with the harakiki. But it would be really great if the contractors that are employed um, are inducted, you know, into the job and that is part of their induction. What a good idea. And, and is, is there other tikanga around other native plants? Um, yes, yes, there is quite a lot of tikanga associated with that. Now, so Raima Kingi, who was um, a part of our group last week, she is the rongo um, person so deals with natural medicine and the, our, our fauna and fauna and so she's the expert in, in that field in the group. Oh thank very you. very good Brenda, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Lovely talking to you, thanks Karen. Yeah, kia ora. Kia ora.